There is a form of multimedia entertainment beyond that which is good. These games are as vast in number as they are terrible. They dwell in the dark recesses of history, unearthed from the pits of the bargain bin. These are the games of horror. This is Garbage Game Night. Welcome to Garbage Game Night, the podcast where we venture into the great unknown, or at least the forgotten, of bad video games, games that were poorly received, misunderstood, and uh, we talk about what they could have been if the developer had been given a little more time, or, or what they could have done to make the game better, and tonight, maybe we'll get to talk about what happens if the developer does get to follow that redemption arc. Tonight, we're talking about a game we pre-played, that is, we've already spent a lot of time in the, in the game, we're not doing a blind play of it this evening. First, let me introduce our space cadets. Frank, how the heck are you? I'm doing good. Did you, uh, I'm not going to ask you how you enjoyed the game yet. We're going to get into that later. <laughs> okay. um, I'll keep it a secret. Follow-up question. Insert follow-up question. Fingers, how you, how your fingers doing, Frank? <laughs> oh, it's like they were never destroyed. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing, oh, thank you, Hunter. I'm doing very well. I don't even well. want the points for yeah. that. I don't need them tonight. Oh, you just did out of keeping your pocket. How you're doing? I'm I'm doing well. He's just a, genuinely concerned about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been sending. I'm putting out a lot of warning signs recently. Um, but <laughs> uh, I normally I never like stream the games that we're gonna do on this podcast beforehand at all. Um, I'll like record them and air them after the fact. But the past what like four days or something, I streamed me playing this game and um, had a really good time. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the game this evening. And uh, yeah, I've been been enjoying exploring this world. Yeah, I don't even know what and, game we're uh, talking about. I'm still. I don't read <laughs> I any forgot. of the messages you send. You're it. like, pre-play this. Yeah, I'm you like, just show up. I'm wing it. Whatever, I got it. I can wing it. And a special guest this evening. Special guest this evening. <laughs> John, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm well. And first time for someone on the podcast, I probably should have given you a heads up. Usually what we ask people is like, well, what kind of games do you play? What, what are you into? Just so we, we know what kind of kind of background you're coming from. Um, and you're, you're an expert on this game, uh, but what kind of games do you uh, play otherwise? Uh, mostly like MMOs, like Destiny. Cool. This cool. is not gonna, dangerous. You're not going to go into how you're the one who got me into Monster Hunter? Oh, yeah. Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, that's not wow. RPG, right? You're, you're, you're the one that did that to, to yeah. Hunter, and we've seen so much less of him since. <laughs> <laughs> did you say uh, Elite Dangerous as well? Oh, yes. Very hardcore. Yeah, Elite okay. Dangerous. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get into the game this evening, let's touch on the game we did last time. That was uh, a game we did in person, and we're going to be doing those more regularly. It was a good time, good energy, having everyone in the same room again. We played Spy Hunter Nowhere to Run, a game based on a movie that was never made. I think what will stick with me most is being behind the scenes watching The Rock do motion capture. <laughs> that was, I think, the most... That was the best part, yeah. part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, I don't know. It was like they ruined the Spy Hunter franchise by making room for the rock, and there wasn't enough rock doing body slams and stuff. Just, that was my yeah, thought. Yeah, it was a jack of all trades. Master of none. Yeah, master of none. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think it's a fascinating thing that the a, a movie game exists with no movie. That's next level. Maybe we'll get that movie someday. Mm. Yeah, I hope next. not. <laughs> we could always use more rock. Yeah. There should be no actor in the movie when they do make it. It should just be the car. Just the rock. Just the like <laughs> there's a driver in the car clearly, but you never see the driver. What if it's like Kit from Knight Rider and he talks, but it's the Rock's voice. Oh, like the, rock is the rock is I'm car. okay with that. Yeah, which is funny because it's like, 
Yeah, I mean, The Rock's selling point is not his voice, even though he's done voice acting before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're off topic. Uh, no, no beep, 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 beep this week. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any podcast update news, but make sure wherever you're listening to us, if you're listening to us on, on Twitch or a podcast right now, we have both of those. Yeah, you can find our podcast uh, just looking up Garbage Game Night and our Twitch channel, um, GGN Cast. We stream all of our episodes that we're recording there live. You can interact with us on chat. Um, we play some good games there as well. Um, so yeah, make sure to, to check us out there. I was really... I was thinking about that term podcast. It's really weird to me that there's these things called podcasts because like they're called that because you would download them on your iPod and iPods are like rotary phones now, like a thing of the past, but we're still calling them podcasts despite having nothing to do with iPods. It's like a weird etymology. It's like the, uh, like the whole brand thing. I mean, I was more of a Zoom guy. Oh yeah. You were your Zoom guy. <laughs> I just listened to Zoom casts. But speaking of bad starts and tangents that will hopefully get on a redemption arc, No Man's Sky is the game we're doing this evening. <laughs> no Man's Sky uh, was released in 2016 with a huge amount of hype. And I'm going to keep saying No Man's Sky because it doesn't roll off my tongue the same way for somebody. It's No Man's Sky. There's an apostrophe S. It doesn't belong to a man. No Man's Sky no man. was a game that was released in 2016 with a huge amount of hype. It had uh, one of the more negative launches in recent history, though, and we'll get into the specifics of what went down, why it has that notoriety, and the patches it has received since. But first, I want to go around and ask if anyone ha had any memories of this game came coming out. How early did you play it? Because I think everyone this group probably played it at different times in its life so let's go down the list hunter you said you played it some time back right yeah not too far back i i think i got it for my birthday i think i was gifted it so like this year okay uh, oh okay so fairly recently okay, yeah cool. so before this most okay. recent update but i've followed it for most of its lifespan and was just never really interested until somebody gave it to me for free yeah, so I think pretty same with me. Like, I, just being familiar with video game news, I, I was very aware of its launch, and it, it made a big splash when it came out. And, um, you know, the normal, like, Reddit talk about uh, piling on something, um, that's mo mostly what I was aware of, um, although I wasn't very familiar with what exactly was wrong with it. Yeah. So did you put in much time to it at that point, though? I've put... When you got I it a few months back? collectively, uh, across, like, two or three different saves, I've put a good, like, 50 hours into it or so okay cool i remember one of the first things i heard about the game when it had come out was that you know the it was multiplayer but the universe was supposedly so big that you would never just randomly run into people and right. two players that were working together very clearly and very quickly figured out that that was not true because they found the exact same system yeah. marked the same spot stood there and there was nothing so I mean, as I, right. it had come out like pretty early on in the game's life that they just flat out lied about what you could and couldn't do in it. So I kind of wrote it off at that point sure. as just like a, even right. if this game is a good game or a fun game where you can get something out of it, you know, they, they're not doing what they're promising. So what was the point in even right. checking it out? Overpromised. Yeah. All right. And uh, Frank, had you played this game at all before? No, I, similar story to you guys were, you know, I, I've been following it since it came out. And uh, I'd almost got it when it, they used to sell it for five dollars, uh, and Did I was they? like, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah." This, I mean, this was probably even cheaper at one point, you know. But it was like stupid cheap. This is before any of the updates or anything, you know. And it was just everyone hated it. Yeah, you can get it real clearancy, um, and then I just didn't. Yeah. And then it became a good game again. 
or a good game in general. Uh, and then, you know, the price went back up. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe when it's on sale one time, it just, you know, because it, it's kind of like a, a Minecraft-esque thing of, you know, harvesting, building, exploring. And it's just it, sure. it's so much time. It's such a time sink that uh, I was like, you know, I, I really don't have the time to do it. But it is it is neat. Um, yeah. yeah, I never played until uh, now. So that was uh, okay. a lot of fun. Cool. And John, who is our expert here with us this evening, you said before stream that you actually, you had the pre-order for it? Yeah, I got it when it just came out and it was fun but there was quick to learn there was nothing to do right couldn't build right. bases couldn't you know this what this environment you're in now was pretty much base on every planet mm -hmm. very few animals really nothing to do just break stuff in mine that was it. All right. Um, do you guys remember any of the expectation buildup that it had? Like, John, you're saying like that, that was of press. that was all you could do. But like, I mean, do you remember being oversold on it? Oh, yeah, it was. There was so yeah. many commercials. There were so many interviews, uh, articles. They, they really overhyped it. I'm actually going to toss up the original trailer on on stream here. If, if you guys have in the background, the you can original see original trailer looked better than the actual game. So this is the trailer that premiered at E3 2014. Um, this is two years before the game came out. So it's panning over um, this, this very lush environment, so much flora, fauna, um, butterflies, so some sentinels flying over top of you, this diverse landscape that you're, that you're kind of walking through exploring. It's going to play for a few minutes and it's showing like, oh, wow, there's this new species, this weird looking goat thing. See, that game I want to play. Yeah, exactly. That's what I bought. Yeah, it's a giant rhino thing. There's a there's a water ecosystem. None of the creatures look like that. Yeah, and there's a brontosaurus looking thing in the back. And again, this was 2014, two years before the game came out. There's diplos. All right, and they're showing off some uh, space exploration as well. Um, jumping jumping into space and flying around with some other ships. Now this definitely wasn't there at the beginning, right? Yeah, like freight the ship, whole freighters like, and carriers. Yeah, hyper driving and in. How how was the um. The transition from planet to space in the beginning. Same thing. Like, as smooth as it is now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they got some, that yeah, right. I've, from what I've heard from a review, that, yeah, from transitioning from, like, going into outer space through the atmosphere, landing on Earth has always been fairly smooth. And that is, um, we'll talk about it some more, but it's pretty shocking whenever you do it. Um, it's, it's like, wow, this is a whole planet that I'm landing on. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, this is the trailer that we've got here. Two years before the game launched, like the stuff they're showing off now is it's it's pretty impressive. It looks pretty cool, and especially the, the selling point that they're that they they launched with that like there are like worlds that have been generated. You'll be the only person to discover them. You can like the procedural generation. They're all unique stuff. Yeah, so that's that's just touching on a little bit of um, what they were pitching. Um, and before we get into that any further, let me be clear that uh, we're going to talk about a lot of the features aspects potential criticism and praise of this game and some of us have played the game a lot more than others but i asked like uh two of you to start playing this game less than a week ago <laughs> and so like, some of you had played it a little bit but even just like 10 hours into this game and i've done a ton of research that's still just scratching the surface of it john's here can answer a lot of questions but uh we're, we're it's gonna be hard for us to get into the minutia of the game um like if, if you're looking for that uh this podcast won't be it <laughs> but um i'll give you a little bit of the background about why it had the notoriety for the launch and where it is now that's really all we'll probably be able to cover um so if you've got a favorite aspect of the game or mechanic we very well might miss it it's it's like trying to cover like World of Warcraft in one podcast. You know, there's just it's just too much. You're not gonna be able to do it. So sorry. Oh, I was looking up research for it, like the um 
YouTube channel, Internet Historian. They have a 53-minute oh, yeah. video a good on, video. on yeah. how this game bounced back. So, you know, hey, we're doing what we can, but we're, we're just mostly talking about our experiences uh, with this game. It's not an all-inclusive thing about the, the game. All right. First, let's explain what No Man's Sky purports itself to be. Um, regardless of its launch, which we'll talk about later, it is a space exploration game. So one of its major selling points and what sets it apart is that it's procedurally generated content. You can be in space, see a planet uh, in the distance, approach it, and discover a planet in your game that's completely unique to you. And uh, these are planets with fauna, geography, resources, unique animals, abandoned bases. Um, and what makes this all possible is their algorithm for generating worlds, where Fallout's world, for example, is a, it's a finite map it's been um that's been generated by a developer each mountain and valley has been crafted using like a 3d sculpting environment although you know not necessarily because they uh um you know duplicate a lot of stuff but uh, in, in theory like the developer's hands have been on every part of a map like that hello games created a system that will generate an entire planet biomes within it uh, cave networks spaced out resources derelict bases inhabited bases to deliver you a unique world to explore mine scan new creatures on um, and we'll talk more about what that procedurally generated means later on. But there are supposedly 18 quintillion planets in their system. And due to their algorithm or purposes of exploration, it's it's an endless galaxy of uh, unique planets. Now, there's that many planets, but there's 244 galaxies. How and many stars head. in a galaxy? <laughs> a lot. They're huge. <laughs> well, no, because some can be small. Some can be uh. very large. Each galaxy is a different size, too, but there's only four different types all right so hunter's on a spaceship right now but um so the plot of this game exists but is likely way less important than the procedurally generated aspect that that we're mostly going to be talking about um you are a space explorer with amnesia and you're egged on to find the center of the universe that's the basic plot of this game right john (laughs) the basic beginning plot yeah it gets kind of the story gets kind of crazy yeah and they've added a lot to it as as well from the original launch i understand they added like 30 hours of um, narrative content or so yes they have and there's sort of like a spooky feel of telekinetic visions and stuff you're getting. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's the, the main feature of the game. It's um, there, There's so many mechanics that go into this that make it an experience rather than the plot is the general feel that I get. But some other mechanics that we should mention for you to understand what kind of game you've got here. You've got uh, an exosuit that helps you explore planets. You have a limited, a limited amount of storage in the suit. You need to refuel the suit to protect you from the elements and for life support. You've got a few tools to help you mine the resources around the planet or shoot monsters or security lots of optional gear you can swap out onto a suit like um or or just use on your suit like a jetpack stuff to help you scan and there's lots of possibilities for adding modules that improve the efficiency of those and can uh, build your suit better for exploring specific worlds or fighting or for adventuring underwater that kind of thing an example if you found a scorched planet with insane temperatures you may change your gear out to be more heat resistant or you know, it may be just out of your range to explore that uh, at the beginning of the game until you suit yourself appropriately for that. There are also ships. You start with one. It, again, has limited storage. You can upgrade the ship or buy new ones, and they have kind of the same module system that you can improve its uh, elements like um, travel speed, combat shields, uh, etc. And you also need to provide resources and fuel to it to uh, continue traveling uh, so you don't get just stranded somewhere. In one of the earliest patches, they added in base building. You'll likely need a base for upgrading needs, at least now where they are in the game, even if you're just planet hopping. So you can build structures of different materials in a very kind of rust arc, seven days to die, the forest kind of fashion. You build floors, walls, ceilings, doors. Um, you can add your own decorations. And you get a uh, teleport system to jump between your bases and space hubs. Oh, I don't even know what Hunter's doing on his stream right now. We're he went through an artificial black hole. 
Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So let me open it up to you guys a bit more so I can stop talking. What mechanic of this game, and it is really kind of a sprawling game that has a lot of different features, but what, what struck you about this game as being unique when you, when you started playing it? The diversity of life. Okay. Diversity of life from John. Ah, it, it's a very interesting game. There's a like, lot of things that grab you. And it's funny, yeah, you kind of have to... a million light years. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm getting shot. This might be bad. <laughs> you traveled a oh, million light years to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> so you could be like a space pirate? Kind I'm of. killing space pirates right now. Um, Someone's got to kill space a, pirates. There is an arc for a bounty hunter. Okay. I, th- I think to me, the realization that like this is my base and I can start running this direction for hours and hours and hours... And uh, like then, then I have to turn around and come back or start a new base. And when you first take off in your ship and you, you realize like, wow, that, that's a whole world and I can leave it and never go back. And there's a, like it, it gives you a waypoint. Like if I travel at this speed, it'll take, it'll take seven days of me traveling at this speed to get there <laughs> if I don't use like a hyperdrive or something. So, I mean, like th- those, those, kinds of, those kinds of experiences make you realize how large this this um, world is and yeah I mean that, that kind of stands out to me the entering and exiting the, the atmosphere is, is just something that they nailed apparently when the game first came out also yeah yes so for here's our here's our exosuit space explorer here and we've got some things we need to worry about like radiation and life support I will say right, right off the bat for new players the the interface of like using your quick select is a little little confusing I, mean, I got used to oh, it pretty yeah. quickly but it's not the easiest to use thing and uh yeah so we got a jet pack and we look around at the, the planet we're on and so here on a on a starting planet here we've got some we've got some what do you call it fauna fauna's the life floor is the plants you know there, there's some stuff wandering around there's just a st- i call him spiky saurus it looks like stegosaurus but he's a little spiky that's that's mostly what's on my planet and some flying things this is, i think this was my starting planet it might have been um, yeah, because that's where my base is. You can scan around, look for things um, like, oh, there's some cargo that's dropped on the planet back there. You can go dig that up, and you're, you're slowly getting resources. And the plot at the beginning, basically a tutorial, is guiding you how to get off the planet and find your first uh, space hub, which is where a bunch of aliens congregate, and you can sell your goods. And like I said, the plot, which is, I don't think it's the, the shining part of this game. It's the mechanics of this game that make it work so well. It, it, you're on your way to get to the center of the galaxy and you're, you're getting resources to travel more and more. So that's, that's going to be the main aspect of this game. So yeah, this is kind of your, your starting place. And they give you teleporters to jump around to places that you've discovered to help you tra- traverse the galaxy faster as well. Yeah, so on our character here, like I said, we have our exosuit. We got room to store stuff. We got some technology. Uh, like I've got stuff that helps me move faster because I don't like walking slow. So I've got better um, stuff that mostly improves my jets. And we got a starship as well that, that you can improve stuff on with pulse engines, deflector shields, rockets, that kind of thing. John, since you've been playing this game, certainly for the longest of all of us, I think earlier you said you like 300 hours or so? Over. <laughs> 400 hours? Okay, wow. 320-ish. Uh, wow. So let me ask you, what, what mechanic, what, what system in this game do you think deserves a mention, something that keeps you coming back to it? Is You mentioned the, the diversity of life before. Is that something that, that keeps you coming back, like just to see a new planet and what kind of wacky creatures they generate on that planet? Yep, especially with like you can go onto a planet and have a thunderstorm and have lightning yeah. strike you or your ship now. There's meteor showers, there's volcanoes, there's tornadoes. Oh, wow. Like the environment can actually hurt you now. So like each world that you go to, it's going to be a different experience. Yep. And of course, the diversity, you can have pets. You know, you can get some really weird pets. 
they just added flying pets so you can get a pet that flies and ride oh, it. Oh, wow. You can ride. Oh, wow. Like, I think I saw a video of that. You look like an uh, uh, avatar. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, the vehicles are great. I love my, my Minotaur. And that's like a giant mech suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen videos of that, too. Yeah, that's another another thing they've added. Yeah, we're going to talk about the patches and things that they just keep adding. Submarine I just jumped onto fun. your planet, I think. So in the game, I just joined Hunter's game, for example, and, well, in the lobby, so we should be able to see each other. And on this planet, there's a, there's a really close moon, maybe, or another planet. A really cool sun in the distance. Yeah, and this is, uh, if, if we were to look at our navigational chart, this is just one, one galaxy of how many did you say? 244 yeah and this is one planet of 16 quintillion planets this is probably the first galaxy so it's uh wow yeah this is it's like the world is so large i'm not even sure how to navigate it so let's take a step back and talk about the developer publisher of this game hello games Hello Games is a British video game company based out of Guildford, England. Guildford, of course, just east of Putenham, England and north of Peasmarsh. Of course. Anybody who knows England. Yeah, of course. You're all familiar with where it is. Uh, it was founded, the company, by not Guildford, but the company Hello Games was founded by Sean Murray and friends. Um, he does get most of the attention as the managing director. He's the name that comes up most commonly with uh, this, this game and, and Hello Games. It's actually um, just a team of 26 people as of 2020. Sean Murray had worked at EA and founded his own company. Their first game was Joe Danger. It was a 2010 release. Joe Danger is a stuntman bike game, which I'll throw on stream real quick here. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a big game, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it was like an arcade kind of Xbox Live uh, arcade game. Um, it looks more like a mobile game, to be honest. It's, it's kind of a two, 3D, but you play in, in 2D side-scrolling excite bike kind of game. Um, so you're trying to do flips and stuff as you, uh, as you race this bike in a very cartoony, silly kind of environment. It was well received and actually won a couple of awards for, you know, them being a new studio and putting out a fun game. Murray left EA Games because he was sick of working on sequels, so naturally they did a sequel to Joe Danger. <laughs> With Joe Danger 2, he said it led to a midlife crisis for himself and was the genesis of the, of the idea for No Man's Sky. He intended it to be the uh, an homage to 1980s sci-fi and um, the big selling point concept was using procedural generation to have a universe of, of uh, infinite or as many as they could imagine planets. So speaking of development of this game uh there is an entire wikipedia page dedicated to the development of this game so i'm going to try and keep it brief here so in one of the quotes from sean murray he said that uh for skyscrapers you, you like ar architects are famous for their skyscrapers but architects will do like many projects um smaller things that you've never heard of as well and he he always viewed uh like joe danger as a as a small project not something he wanted to be known as so when when they started working on no man's sky they called it project skyscraper this wanted to be like their entire investment into this thing to, to make this work he wanted it to follow the tone of the big three science fiction authors Isaac Asimov Arthur C. Clarke and uh, Robert Heinlein he considered their stories fantastical vibrant exciting and about worlds unexplored and also pulled in some vibes from Dune he talked about how a lot of sci-fi that was being created at the time was fairly dystopian thinking again about Fallout um, he wanted something a little more optimistic and I think this this game does have more optimistic feel of it even if it's kind of like ominous at times like the plot but like exploring new worlds is a lot more optimistic than, than something like Fallout um, this game does have a very different art 
art style. It's not it's not the realistic kind of black void of space that we're kind of used to. It's it's vibrant, high contrast universe. Uh, most of the planets are very colorful, kind of Alice in Wonderland looking. So when they first started working, even though it's on uh, Hunter's stream right now, he goes into a very dull planet. But most of the time, it's very hey. vibrant. Um, is <laughs> that your right. character, Hunter, that doesn't have a head? I have I have a f face. Look, is it invisible? Right no. no. Can you not see it? Not really. It's, is it uh, is it translucent? It's an orb. Oh, that's your face, the orb. Okay. Yeah, that's. The, How do you do that? That's me. All right. Was that like a character selection in your yeah, character appearance selection? Oh wow. Yeah. Have you? You haven't even. I went to the I character selection. I thought you played. I was just working on my colors. I got a purple guy. Uh, I made all my stuff purple. <laughs> I made because it's GGN purple. <laughs> so when they originally started working on this game, actually during uh, during production of Joe Danger 2, Sean Murray brought in a, a team of four people in in their company, actually in secret away from the rest of the company and created some tension apparently to start developing this game. Finally revealed at VGX 2013 and the, the rest of the company, which wasn't a large company at the time, I think it was 13 people, found out about it like a week before they debuted the trailer for it. Um, and I can show that trailer on stream as well. It's uh, very broad. Uh, they're just talking about, like, the magic of life and how things can be so different. Every atom procedurally generated. Every bird, fish, rock, even the rock. And, uh, yeah, all procedurally every, generated. Every cow plumum. Is that a thing that you're riding? That's what I'm looking at. And now <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I should gently milk it or not. <laughs> should I? Yeah, because there's a cooking aspect. You can use the milk to... The cook can make a... Oh, you actually have an option to milk that thing? Okay, weird. Milk it, milk it, milk it. Hey, do you want to milk me? I milked it. I milked it. And you want to milk me, milk Greg? And now its milk sacks are depleted for another 30 seconds. But I'm going to adopt it so I can milk it whenever I want. Oh, boy. Okay. Make sure you feed it. Its name is Appy Apini. Weird. Um, yeah, so this trailer that we're glancing at here is the 2013 trailer. Um, and this is the, the first footage they had of this game. And, and some things they're showing off in here still is like I'm looking at them. And I know some of these features didn't come in until later patches. It generated a lot of hype due to the concept that like th these are like, look at these worlds that are all generated and they're all unique. So after they de debuted that, shortly after, their offices were destroyed by a flood. Um, they were able to recover <laughs> most of the data, though. Their team expanded to 13 people, and because of uh, their showcase, Sony's European head had a strong interest in it and offered to help finance it. They took them up on helping to market it, um, but not finance the, the rest of it, and they got Sony to introduce them at the main stage of 2014's E3. No indie developer had ever been demonstrated during like the main stage event before, so uh, they were being treated already as if they were a triple a AAA developer triple a game um they showed off a six planet demonstration there and said it uh would have a timed exclusive release on ps4 later they kind of backtracked that and announced they was also coming to windows and ps4 at the same time they started showing the game to journalists and press and took uh, feedback on suggestions allowing like some of the suggestions where you need base building and you need land vehicles but they didn't uh, let that affect the initial product that they were releasing we'd see those released later though they described that the way that they were developing this product everything is so interconnected you couldn't simply work on like the third act of this game and, and the content that was in that because like a, a normal developer would do that but the mechanics that are in this game influence the entire experience so they're trying to like hold this together as they build it into one big experience i'm going to take a break from my notes there for a second tell us what you're doing hunter i'm uh honestly i'm still exploring this game myself kind of i've put enough hours in to establish a base this is my base over here can you have multiple bases Yes. You can have multiple bases, yeah. I have yeah. many bases. You can have, he has uh, He has many bases, plus he has, uh, what was the other thing he had? The, the, oh, the carrier, right, is you basically like a base. A base. 
It's like an RV you itself. take with yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but this is my one base. And uh, right now it's kind of just a storage base with everything. I just build it up, put everything that I can use in it. Refiner, some uh, storage containers. So this game, like when you start first start off, and like, okay, I'm mining some resources, and like I'm running out of place to store these things, then it kind of guides you into the base building. I will say that that's not for everyone, and it's not for me. Like I, I really appreciate people who get into that, and like base construction, even in a game like Fallout, for example, they have like you can build walls and and doors and stuff, and like you can build your own place to store your power armor, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting Fallout because it's such a popular game, but I have zero interest in that so like when when this game was like build a floor i'm like oh no (laughs) like i i I just don't like that so i I avoided the building construction aspect of this almost entirely um but like it's there if that's your thing well this like this is about to my the extent of my base building in in most games my my fallout bases is about as similar as they come I just, I want a big enough room to fit everything that I would need in one place so I can just like jump in there, use it, and then go back to exploring. And I don't know if I'm going to keep playing this game after this, Uh, you know, probably jump in every now and again. But like one of my goals is to get myself a carrier so that I can just have my base anywhere and I don't have to constantly come back to this planet because I don't ever right, use right. this planet now you know I'm out and about Frank how, how about you you said you didn't uh had you not built up your base yet is that what you were saying no, you well, haven't gotten I, to the space station yet yeah I haven't gotten the space station yet so like I, I was I don't know for, for whatever reason my recollection of the game was like I was like oh yeah you can like when you discover something you name it right there and I didn't realize you mm-hmm. had to go back like you had to go in the menu to name it you know so I was like, oh, I didn't name anything on my first planet, so I just went back to my first planet. And I, I just wanted to see if this will work or not, and it does. So if you want, everyone at home, uh, you can name everything and everyone on your planet Dave. So <laughs> I have a planet cover Now, I, and I messed up because I forgot to name the planet Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. I named it uh, Uranus 2 Electric yeah. Boogaloo because uh, <laughs> it looks like Uranus. But um, actually, honestly, it looks more like Saturn. But, uh, you know, I was, I, was just, I was just goofing around, and then you can't rename the planet. But you can rename no. the creatures. Well, it's no, fun is that... piss people off with that, too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're naming it Dave, but also, like, you're naming it Dave for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a shared... Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 million planets are shared between all users of this game. Yep. So if you find a planet full of Daves, you know it's mine. There was a <laughs> guy someone I ran into who named uh, every planet he found a suburb of Texas. So one was <laughs> Dallas, one was Austin. <laughs> Did Hunter leave me again? Maybe. Yes. I'm on a mission, man. Oh my god, he just he just keeps abandoning me. <sighs> well, this is the planet that Hunter was on, and uh, now there's giant scorpion. There's scorpions on this island, you guys, or this planet. Is it crab people? Crab. Make sure they don't mate with me. Let's talk more about the marketing of this game, because that's that's why we're kind of doing it on this podcast and why it has the notoriety that it does. So after their first uh, two big press conferences or two big game conferences, the 2013 and E3 2014, for some reason there was a speculation that they were going to do a surprise launch, like the game's coming out at the same time we're talking about it at this game expo, um, the Paris Games Week of 2015. So that generated a lot more media buzz about the game, and they instead announced that, like, no, it's definitely not 
coming out until 2016. So I just this kind of sustained buzz and anticipation for this game. And they announced they'd be releasing a regular and a limited edition version. Uh, they pushed it from uh, June 2016 back to August to polish things up some more. Sean Murray noted that they had one shot to make this game and they can't mess it up. Hold them to that. It was featured in uh, New Yorker's inaugural Tech at Fest. And uh, Sean Murray also went on the late show with Stephen Colbert to demo the game. Then um, prior to just like just prior to release date, things things were a little bit of a mess. Like they were set on it going live on Windows and PlayStation at the exact same time. Um, like they wanted this to be this big release that both people get to play it at the same time. And due to changes in release date, some places started selling it days in advance before it was supposed to be sold. Oh yeah. And two weeks before it was released, someone bought a copy on eBay for $1,200 and began posting gameplay and experiences on Reddit. And several other people got hold of the game and started doing the same thing. And a lot of these posts were about bugs in the game and negative experiences like i said retailers had broken street dates even including like journalists from kotaku and uh, polygon and they started posting them streaming the game like up to five days before the game launched so sony started issuing takedown notices of those videos saying that like the version of the game that's going to be available on day one was hello games vision of the game and any version uh, of any footage before that shouldn't be treated as a completed game and they started issuing takedown notices and accidentally did it to like fan videos of people just talking about the trailer so they were using like approved footage and that's a bad look you know when you're when you're just like saying don't show any footage of the game at all on top of that open critic which is a review aggregate site like metacritic they put out a statement saying that there were no review copies of the game prior to public release um, and that there was a review embargo um, that was until the game came out which you know it's normally a pretty bad sign when like a movie they don't want reviewers to talk about the movie at all until it's out it, it shows that you know like the developer knows it's bad and they don't want it to tank day one sales it, it was later corrected that there were pre release copies for reviewers it was just some confusion about when they should play them because they just kept pushing back like the last patch the day one patch when is that going to be available so reviewers can use it and that came out two days before the game actually launched so generally that's not enough time for reviewers but this created a really bad atmosphere like i said there were leaked bugs and stuff videos going around of like just empty planets and stuff some people were saying that you you could finish the game in, in a matter of hours due to glitches so critics have two days to review the game there's all this footage of bugs um, and not good space bugs, <laughs> just like bad game bugs. Critics were posting the r reviews saying that like our review is in progress. We're not going to give this game a score because the launch is so scuffed. And then <laughs> it came out when the game did finally come out. I, I don't know if you experienced this, John, but the uh, the pre-order bonus spaceship that you got, it was possible to get stranded on a planet and you were unable to uh, reach your ship. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and also on the Windows version, there were a lot of just visual issues uh, like uh, efficiency stuff involving frame rate and the internet reacted the way it does calling sean murray a liar and a fraud and yeah, even before launch people were comparing the scale of this and uh, like what it promised to uh, spore and that uh yeah it kind of takes us up to to launch day so uh did you have any experiences like that so, i mean you said that you you let it kind of sit in the dust for a while after you had pre-ordered it john it where were there's some big bugs that made you avoid it there was not just the bugs there was, there was nothing to do like yeah. uh yeah. very boring yeah and i think like anthem i did the same thing with anthem but anthem didn't do the same thing that hello games did there was a lot of build up for Anthem, yeah, but they yeah, they didn't they didn't continue it working on it like Hello Games did for sure. There was just no end game thing to do. 
Yeah, I think one of the most fascinating parts that um, and the buzz that I remember about, like if someone were to tell you about this game, like before it came out, you're like, oh, like what they would sell you on is how it's procedurally generated and everything's so unique and you're going to a planet and you never know what's going to be on that planet. It's definitely a double edged sword, especially when it's not fleshed out like it like on on launch day, because it was like you're saying, like there wasn't anything to do. It's like, yeah, great. This planet that you're visiting is is one of a kind. Um, But Man, there's barely anything there. Huh? <laughs> that's that's what you get when it's procedurally so cool. generated. Yeah, yeah, like great. There's some resources there. What am I gonna do with that? It's yeah, it gets old um, pretty quickly. And me going into the game now, I feel like like I can at least see a system there that like there's a grind to get to. Like I can upgrade my suit and stuff and my my ship and stuff. Is a lot of that. Um, has been patched in as well. Like, do you remember um, there being a lot of, of that to work on when the game first came yeah. out? Yeah, when the first when the game first came out, it was just nothing but glitches and bugs and nothing to do. Uh, the yeah. first patch that yeah. came out fixed a lot of the bugs and laid the groundwork for the patches coming out until Beyond. Beyond was the first real big update. Right. And that's when the game started yeah. taking off again. And everything after that was like add-on bonus. All right, cool. So here's all our ships. And then your carrier holds your, all of your yeah, other ships. Yeah, there Frank, Frank I'm, I'm loading. So, like, all these other ships in here are mine. You can, like, okay. it's like a garage. Oh, my God, look at that. You got that organic ship That's over one there. That's the living ships. You got the big yeah. flying brain. So you can, like, have a conversation with it. Oh. You can understand its wants and desires. Much. You have to, like, build it from scratch, and you have to feed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, you I hit that. You overshot, Frank. You overshot. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, oh, it's doing it for me. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, no, I'll never get in there. Oh, there's Frank. I see him driving in. Come on Let's in. Frank's spaceship. It's okay. I'll stand underneath your spaceship. Oh, God, I'm inside your spaceship. I almost uh, I almost traded with a guy when I first got in the game, you know? Cause, like, you almost you sold did. your spaceship? Yeah, I almost sold it and bought this guy's spaceship. It was kind of cool looking, but I, I think mine was a little cooler still. But it, it was an interesting design. You'll find some weird ones. Like, right, I have so cool. this one in the back. So you got to feed yeah, this one? Yeah, that one's a living ship. <laughs> And when you're Whoa. inside, there's like organs all inside for the control panel. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you can. Is it, where's the? Do you have the Normandy? Um, in here? that's outside. So you have to fly outside. All right, let's oh, find okay. it. These are wait. These are all yes, your ships. Holy shit. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I stepped outside and I saw like one other ship at first, and then I realized there's an entire fleet. Yeah, like, I uh, have an armada. Um, Here's the Normandy right here. You know, and the oh, end of the uh, Empire Strikes Back or something. It's the entire fleet. All right, so you got to fly to John. He's the yellow. Yep, Normandy SR-1. That was the second expedition they did. That's cool. Yeah, so there's the uh, Mass Effect ship. Um, this game did remind me a little bit of Mass Effect in, I think I saw Mass Effect 2, where you could like travel around the, the solar system and scan the planets and then go down and like mine them for resources. This is like <sighs> that, except if that was a full fleshed out experience. <laughs> so h- how do you get all the how do you get all the ships around? I, uh, I get them when they're C rank. I uh, employ them and then I put them out on missions and get them all up to S rank. What's I'm up? getting attacked because I engaged got, pirates. I got valuable stuff on my <sighs> ship. We have to help Hunter. Oh, where you at? Where you at? Oh space. my gosh! Space combat. The, do they have like rainbows yeah. around them? Those are the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. We got them. Ooh. I think. Oh, yep, yeah, we did. Attack ships defeated. We did it, team. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a carrier and you have attack ships, attack frigates, uh, they will come to your aid. Well, this is one uh, very in-depth aspect of the game. 
<laughs> yeah, let's talk for a second what procedurally generated means, um, because that is one of the main selling points of this game. Most of the universe in this game is, including the solar systems, planets, weather systems, flora and fauna, behavior and structures. Um, I'm just going to read the rest of this off of Wikipedia. It's procedurally generated. The generation system is based primarily on providing a single seed number to their deterministic engine, which would create all the features of the universe exactly the same way every time this process is run with the same seed using a repeatability of pseudo-random number generators. So one generator is used to create the universe, plotting the position of the stars and their stellar, cl stellar classification using the phone number of one of the Hello Games developers as the founding seed. So starting with that with like a, that key, um, the, <laughs> that series of digits, and when you plug that number into the engine that they use to like extrapolate numbers and create this giant sequence it, it defines the rest of the universe numbers generated from the position of each star are used to define the planetary systems a star has the planet's position is used as a seat to define the planetary features and so on so it kind of flows down this approach used in early days of computer games to avoid um high memory use or disk use avoided the need to craft every planet and store this information on a server so yeah when you when you visit a planet it's it doesn't like it's not pulling that like this is what this planet looks like it's just because that's how the algorithm runs it knows the numbers the data points that are assigned to that planet so it can generate it based on those this also assured that planets can always revisit the same planets and they'll be the same and share that planet with other players and they would find that same exact planet so you could give me coordinates of a planet and because it is a shared universe we can go there and, and see the same things on that planet the uh, planet terrain generation code for example is only 1400 lines of code as described by murray the code was tweaked as to make sure the planets generated visually interesting but navigatable terrain um, because in some early builds it would produce like stunning planets but they were impossible to actually impossible traverse it's not good for a video game they were impossible Say again? to land on Oh, yes, yeah, some of them were. Um, they had originally planned to use a 32-bit seed number, which would have generated around 4.3 billion planets. Seems like enough to me. But they decided to use the 64-bit number, which would uh, demonstrate the scalability of their, their engine and game, and partially in response to online forum comments that doubted they could actually do it. So then they did it. Um, and you've got the 16 quintillion planets. Uh, you can get into really how they, how they did this, and uh, there, there's some interesting stuff about, like, how they how they create trees in this game they use a th system called uh, l systems branches that get into like fractal equations and stuff so each tree when you go down onto planet will like look unique to each other um, because of the way that they're they're building the trees some other factors that the algorithm affects include rotation speed of the planet behavior of animals the amount of life on each planet some of the realities of planetary space have been conceded for the sake of better gameplay like i said like you you have to be able to traverse every planet so they they tweak the code for that also there's no gas giants and the range of planets that are ha habitable and have life on them is much higher than you know that we know of in real life so i'll just read this last part here that i think really encapsulates the kind of wonder that this engine that they've got is they say to assure that the procedural generation worked well the development team created in-game equivalent of automated probes to visit the various planets and take images uh, for them to review this allowed tweaks by human developers like that that sentence is just a crazy concept to me like they created this engine that procedurally generated this this universe is the universe the biggest thing yeah universes are bigger than galaxies yeah <laughs> and they can't say with certainty how playable the planet you're going to be visiting is so they kind of did a spot check to make sure their algorithm was working right that's just kind of insane thing to, to to wrap my head around for a video game but uh that's that's what they've got here and just think like probably throughout the lifespan of this game less than half of those planets will be discovered 
Yeah. Right? Like, right. Not yeah. even less than half. Can you less look at like 10%. how many have been discovered? Is there, have you found any of this analytical data? There's got to be like a log of that somewhere, it's right? It's probably less than a percent. It's like Elite Dangerous, if not bigger. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Nope. Put it away. You can draw <laughs> the milk, milk. that you milk from that milk. thing. Crawl milk. Um, all right. Well, let's let's kind of open it up to talk about experiences in this. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Fredo, good to see you, by the way. Frank, what stands out to you as a like a, a cool experience from this game? You got any stories? Uh, well, I saw. Uh, so I try not to watch you play. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I had it on, so it was like someone was watching you, but I actually wasn't. Oh, I, I try not to. I'm not so know? lonely. I wanted to be yeah. a little bit of a mystery. But uh, yeah. I did see the one clip of you when you were playing in VR, um, oh, which yeah. I imagine you'll talk about at one point, the VR experience, yeah. uh, of, of the giant the sandworm. worm thing going over you. And I, I saw the same thing on a planet, my first planet that I was on. So I was like, oh, really? the first planet always have a sandworm on it? That I don't know. Like it's just coincidental. Planet. But a lot of plants oh, okay. do now have sandworms. Depends on their size, too. Yeah. Some of them are small. Because they could be tiny little cute caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, Okay, so your best experience of the game was my experience of the game. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no, I saw I saw the same, and I and I was also oh, like, you saw the sandworm I was like, too. Okay. yeah, yeah, and I was also taken back. I was like, whoa, you know, because you yeah. you don't expect it, because like I'm like, yeah. oh, what are the chances it'll be? And then it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I probably the first thing was actually my first time when I died, because I I didn't oh, really? figure out the resource management thing, because I just kept dying of radiation. Yeah. But I I got that figured out. Um, you know. But it was like, oh, find a cave or something. I don't see any fucking caves anywhere. I didn't find a building. And then I did find like a little, you know, trading post or something. And I found some right. resources and stuff. But yeah, like in the very beginning, like the first, I don't know, half an hour, I was just like, oh, man, hopefully I'll find something soon because I am uh, slowly dying. <laughs> yeah, so. it's fun though. The the visor you get, it tells you time to, what's it say, time to exposure oh, or something like that. Yeah, like, that's you're going to die too. in you have, six you have minutes all these, if you don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, you have all these attachments for your multi-tool that aren't immediately attached. And like your yeah. visor, the the thing to scan animals. So that's another yeah, thing too. Like it, it kind of tells you, but it kind of doesn't tell you at the same time. Yeah, which yeah. Is because fun. this game is such a time sink and investment. Like you learn the systems, but not not the most friendly tutorials they give you at the beginning. Like the modules, like are a little complex for a newcomer to understand how exactly they work. Like if these you you buy right off the bat and they're good to go. But these you need to uh, you need to provide the materials for to get them functional. So yeah, and and the resource Resource manager is also very tricky. It's a very limited amount of space when you first start the game off. Yeah. Although I, I never actually did it, but I imagine there's boxes you can build in your bases to help you store yes, stuff. There are storage containers. For someone like John, it doesn't even doesn't matter anymore because he's got a freighter and he can store as much stuff as he wants. Yeah, probably. I have all the storage things <laughs> locked in the freighter. <laughs> so, yeah, once you finally get to a, a space station where um, there's like some traders and stuff, and you can sell stuff and see other. AI adventurers and that's that's a very cool experience and seeing like the aliens yeah so I, I made it to the the space station here which is like uh, you know, it's the first kind of place where like wow there's other entities in this world you don't feel that alone you, you could run into other people on your planet there are some sometimes ha inhabited bases on on planets by oh, yeah. AI and you can probably see some sentinels as well but yeah you get here and there's all these creatures that speak different languages and you can you can ask them to help you teach you the language and which I think is is kind of cool as you you slowly start to learn the language and it becomes more deciphered. I know there's a like a module that helps you understand them too, mm -hmm. but yeah, sometimes it seems like they're like telekinetically like giving you something because it's core to the to the gameplay. Well, it's that <laughs> and, and it's uh, core to the like, story. You like later you'll realize and understand right. why they can talk like that. 
yeah, like, I mean, you're saying that I'm like, I, I am interested. Like I want to keep playing the game, <laughs> which is rare for us talking about a game on a podcast. That's po- this podcast. <laughs> but like, I, I found the place where like, oh, you can upgrade your spaceship. That's amazing. I'm so sick of having such little storage. So I worked so hard doing things. I'm sure the complete wrong way to build up my money, like just find it like, like just scavenging on the planet to find like, oh, these seem like they're worth a lot. So, um, and finally getting all my stuff together. Oh, Frank's on this. He's in the appearance editor. Yeah, I just, my I just space found station, this. Frank. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so you get to this, this starship outfitting place, and I'm like, it's a million dollars to upgrade my starship. It's going to be incredible now. And so I, I slowly get up to my $1 million to do my upgrade, and you unlock one more slot on your, your starship. And that's when I realized this game you is a little bit of a grind. You can get those upgrades for free. You can get those upgrades for free? What? <sighs> Yeah, that, that's you can of, get 48 spots in your ship. But that, that is a really cool aspect of this game. When you, when you discover a world, an environment that's so large that like you genuinely don't know what you're doing inside of it, it reminded me of jumping into an MMORPG like, you know, World of Warcraft or um, Final Fantasy, whatever the online one is, you know, that uh, 14 that it, you know, there's this whole system that you don't understand. You don't feel like you're doing it right, but it's a cool feeling to like you, you've entered into this whole game world that you want to understand. So that was something I really appreciated about going going into this the first time. And I like I like I was saying, I was scavenging for for what I thought was valuable stuff, and later realized that like, oh no, these things, these like pearls that I found, you can sell those for like a hundred thousand each. I was I was selling like chlorine for like a thousand each, you know. So the discovery of not just the worlds, but the discovery of the the system of the game, um, I found very cool. Yep. And, and you want to find like abandoned buildings, and you can get like yeah. better crafting. Right. So you can then make something that's worth three million. Oh wow. Yeah. So the anomaly blew my mind when I first went there because like I didn't realize multiplayer had gotten to that level. And um, there you are, and you're like, oh my god, there's there's like 50 other players running around. This feels like an MMORPG. Um, and I, yeah, I, I did not realize it, it was like that. Wow. So yeah, we're we're in an underwater base right now. Oh, this that is just cool. goes to the second level. Oh, okay. Can I, I exit the there? Oh, there you are. You're swimming outside. Wow, it's so cool. So yeah, this is like a uh, John showing off his underwater base, and um, yeah, it's like all these They're underwater nice pods that uh, tunnels interconnecting them. There's a them. moon bay in this one. Oh, oh, cool. There's more elaborate building. Like they put a lot of work into some of their bases. Sure, yeah, I know people go nuts with the uh, base construction. All right, well, John, since you've played this game the most, do you have any cool uh, adventure stories, things that stand out to you about, like, if, if you were to tell someone a story about why this game is, is worth checking out? Just watching it evolve. <laughs> I played it when it was How terrible. it's changed over time. They just added, like, um, better graphics for the PlayStation Pro, PlayStation 5, yeah. when you finally get it, it's going to look amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, they just, they, it was like about a year ago they did the Xbox Series, at, what, what the hell is it called? I don't even know. Is it Series X, Series S? Whatever. The new Xbox and the PS5, they put, a, they finally have support mm-hmm. for that. Um, that just came out a year ago and they rolled out the graphics support um, for it as well. Yeah, let's jump into that because I uh, have a Valve Index and um, I tried VR for it. That must have been amazing. Okay, so here's the thing about VR there's a lot of games that tout. VR support and having played a lot of VR games I'm not most about VR games but I've done like a ton of demos I've tried a lot of like the top tier ones that are like these are the ones you have to try and uh 
I'm very skeptical about when they say VR support. It's easy to slap on like developers feel like they can slap VR and say like, oh, we've got a VR experience. But like anyone, most developers can create like a stereoscopic support for VR headsets and put you in first person mode. That doesn't make it a good VR though. It actually has to be like a VR experience for it to be a good VR game. It's not just first person and like you can teleport from place to place. So that being said, I think you guys are probably mostly in the same age range as me and you probably spent every waking moment of a certain period of your life playing Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow, right? Under the covers with a light. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> I, I for one. Mine was, I was more a- gold and silver. Oh, okay. I was a fancy kid who had the attachment to my Game Boy that like had the magnifying glass and the lights on the side. <laughs> yeah, the little spir- spirally thing with the light yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, the, the pro adapter, yeah, for the Game Boy original. Had the rechargeable battery pack. <laughs> yep. So when Stadium came out for N64 and you could import your Pokemon and play in Stadium, did you guys do that? Do you remember that? Oh, yes. So, like, I remember that feeling, like, like you imported your Pokemon, and there he was in 3D on the screen, and you're like, wow, that's my Pokemon there. Like, it, it wasn't just on a screen anymore. It felt like real life because it made a transition into 3D. That's actually how I felt when I first launched into VR of this game. Like, it was, it was shocking that, like, I'd been playing this game for not a ton of time, but, like, 10 hours or so. So they have a shocking amount of support for different controllers. So I'm using Valve Index controllers, and there's, you know, 10 popular different um, VR controllers out there. So it, it's hard for developers to support everything, but they had fantastic support for these controllers. Everything felt very fluid, like pulling your, your tools out. I played it in a seated position um, and they didn't suggest you could do standing, but you absolutely could do uh, standing and walk around for a game that- You're rip- allowed to pull your tool out in Twitch? You, you can pull your tool out, yeah, as long as you don't show it on stream. As, as you'll see, I don't have my camera <laughs> oh, on, so okay. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but you, you pull your scanner gun out from over your shoulder. And because this game requires so much running around, it I don't think it makes a ton of sense to do it standing. You could. I got immediately nauseous when I used the jetpack because that was that was jarring. Um, you know, there's no haptic feedback for using a jetpack when you're in a VR headset. But like their movement system, it is teleportation. But the way they handle it is like you throw your teleport disc out, so you can't teleport instantly, which I think breaks a lot of like fighting games. That's one big gripe. I the biggest gripe I have with VR games usually is the how, how movement is handled. It's just hard to do. But with this, you kind of throw out your teleport disc and then you go to it. So it's not an immediate warp thing it, that's handled very well and like when you when you get into the game and you look at your spaceship you're like holy shit that's that's my spaceship you can go inside your base and like i i built this it looks like junk but like that's that's really cool there's a scale to everything um i i really can't recommend it enough it's it's just a fantastic experience like am i going to go back and and keep doing it in vr probably not but if if i had like the freighter for example like john has i'd absolutely want to walk around and, and see what it looks like in scale it, it feels great it looks amazing um i i'm just kind of shocked that that they did such a good VR experience. A lot of a lot of VR games will charge you like sixty bucks for something that's this polished, but they managed to get a, a good VR experience into an existing game. Yeah, so I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, here's when I get into my spaceship. So you're you're seated down in your in your controls, and you actually have to like grasp your the joystick to take off and the thrust handle. And it is, uh, I mean, beware if you're motion sickness. It's uh, kind of what you'd expect from doing uh, flying sims in uh, in VR. But uh, it, it all works extremely well. There's a knowledge, st- what's it called, knowledge stone, um, where you can learn words. In this case, it's part of a, the quest. 
The the thing about the creation of this game, like there's some real spore shit in this game. Yeah, some of the animals look like boy, you really uh, that was that was a grab bag right there. <laughs> yeah, so in VR, I had a dolphin jump over right, my head, right. <laughs> and it was it was shocking. I was kind of speechless, <laughs> so I didn't know anything like that existed. So far, you'd only seen creatures slightly bigger than you, you know. Yeah, so that, that's my summary of VR. Absolutely worth it. Uh, incredible experience. Um, if, if you love space exploration and you want to see it in VR, this is this is the way to do it. So as we just saw, there's knowledge stone down there. And uh, if you're familiar with GGN cast, every single episode, we, ha- we have a prize. Whoa. Um, hold on. There it is right there. And I need <gasps> to insert the final. Stone. It is a knowledge stone. I'm going to put up the thing of it on stream here. And it's gonna look fantastic. So, whoever is is the winner this evening, um, well, which I'm glad Tom's not wow. here. Tom can't take it from me. He might show up and, and win it for me. Still, one. it's pretty cool. Nah, like, I don't think he will. I printed it, and uh, I was like, "Damn, that that looks just really cool." I might print one of my own. Uh, if you have a little like LED that kind of like glows he a little got bit. Called in to work. <laughs> wow, mm. it was like a bomb threat a that you called call. in. <laughs> <laughs> Put in a fake call to get him out. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, you know, wh- what I base that on is completely arbitrary. But there's there's a couple things I have coming up here. So let's see. I'll ask you guys similar games to this. I looked up a couple lists of, like, recommended games if you love No Man's Sky. Well, what are some other games? Can you guys name some? Elite Dangerous. Oh, Elite Star Dangerous Citizen. is on the list. What was that? Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Star Citizen is one Minecraft. also. Wild, uh, Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds is on there too, yeah. Um, Minecraft was not Minecraft. on there, although there's a well, game that's be. more Minecraft-like that is... It's a mix of this Outer and Minecraft. Worlds? No, not Outer Worlds. Um, there's another Eve game. Online. Uh, that was on one of the lists. I'll give you a, a half point for that. It was on, like, the very end of the list. But game for the Nintendo. Is it a cartoony Starlink. One? Starlink. Oh, that that is oh. one. I, yeah, that, that is one. That's not the one I was thinking of, Oh, yeah, of, Space Terraria? That's a good one. Isn't that Space Terraria? Terraria. What's that game called? Space Terraria? <laughs> yeah, it's like Terraria, but in space. Is there a Space Terraria? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like No Man's Sky. Well, yeah. There's, I, mean, no, but I think that there's, there's like a 2D. Underwater. There's a. Oh, Subnautica? Subnautica nah. is one, yeah. Well, Subnautica, yeah, I guess it is a. Ah, yeah, I could have sworn there was a. There was a. There was. It was like space. Terraria, but in Sub-Zero. space. Now, there is, there is one based on an astronaut and resource management. It's not as vast as this, and it's a little more cartoony than this. Came out, oh, came out actually the I same as... Is it, it's fairly new, right? No? It actually came out the same year as this, as Early Access, but they've just been... Oh. Um, but it hasn't really... Oh. Astroneer is that one. That one... Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> not what you're thinking, thinking of. Star Citizen. Yeah, Astroneer, oh, I'll put up on stream real quick here, is very cartoony, but also like as colorful as this game at times. Oh, there's, a, there's an ad for Grammarly. Uh, highly recommend that if you do any editing work. Makes your editing life much better. Not an ad, just a fan um, of Grammarly. Okay, now we're back to Astroneer. And you can see it's kind of more um, voxel-based, like, um, you know, block pixels. Um, So, yeah, he's running around with his giant, like, suction gun and and terraforming the planet to to gather stuff. And it's a lot—Astroneer is more about the base building rather than exploring the world. Um, Like, each planet will have a specific goal on it. trying to leave the planet and get to the next planet but yeah that's a that, that's a fun one i played a little bit of that actually um a year or two ago let's see only other one on this list that i grabbed was a game called rodina um they say it's very similar graphically looks much much different though 
Um, and it takes some more realistic aspects in, into mind. Like you can burn up on entry to planets and, uh, uh, which is something that I actually, actually <laughs> kind of expected out of this game. Like I, when I came into a planet so hot, I'm like, am I going to die? And uh, it didn't quite happen. <laughs> so some similar games. Uh, as mentioned, this game has had many patches. It has been patched and Prism very much supported. Awesome. What was that? The last one they did was Prism. Yeah, Prism is the most recent patch. And in total, can you guess how many patches this game has had? Like named patches. Ballpark. Uh, Every, everyone can throw a ballpark out. What do you think? Five. 150. 150. Okay. Is that... Is that well, too high? Too high, high for that. Higher, higher than John, less than less than Hunter. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna 10, go twenty-five. Twenty-five for Hunter. Because there's Let's a lot of patches. They... A lot of them weren't named. Yeah, you're right. A lot of them a have. Yeah, right. So the n- amount of named patches here, uh, there are 21 named patches Holy for this shit. game. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, and they have wow. on average released uh, a patch for this game every. Uh, I think it was every like 70 days or so which is pretty fascinating. Um, Yeah. The initial release, uh, Foundation Update, Pathfinder Update, Atlas Rises, No Man's Sky Next, Exocraft Rework, The Abyss, Visions Beyond, Synthesis, Bite Beat, uh, Living Ship, Exomech, Crossplay, Desolation, Origins, Halloween Update, uh, Next Generation's Companions, Expeditions, Beachhead Expedition, and Prisms was the last one that came out, like you said. Um, Yeah, their first patch, which was three months after they released the game, was called Foundation, which allowed players to set a home planet by building a base. This added research terminals and construction terminals, which if you start playing it today, it feels like a pretty like integral core part of the game. They added a survival mode to the game, which makes everything much harder, and a creative mode, which takes out the survivability factor, and you can just focus on base building. Um, the next update added uh, Exocraft, which are like land rovers to help people explore. The third one, Atlas Rises, added an estimated 30 hours of narrative to the plot and procedurally generated missions. Um, there's also a limited online co-op mode. I, I put this line in here. And he's not here to appreciate it. I was going to say, which I'm sure Tom would love playing with someone else other than me. Because Tom <laughs> hates playing co-op games with me. Uh, their next update coincided with the Xbox One release. And they say this is more like the game that they wanted to release in 2016. So this is two years later in 2018. They also It also has a full multiplayer experience. It then had a full multiplayer experience where you could join up to four people on the same planet working together and fighting. Up until this point, uh, Hello Games had stayed pretty silent as far as PR went because the reception was pretty, pretty poor. Yeah, they they, they weren't talking about upcoming updates and stuff. They were just rolling them out and saying what was in them. But at this point, they they said they were making a commitment to be more involved in the community and putting out weekly special events and not including microtransactions for any of these things that were rolling out. Are they still doing those things, by the way, John? Are there like weekly rollout kind of things? Not weekly, but they were supposed to be finished with updates and expansions about a year and a half ago, but they're still making new ones. <laughs> right. Beyond, uh, either, no, Next, I think, was the last big update that they planned. Right. Everything afterwards has been like icing on the cake. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, in all these all these updates, I imagine you bought this day one. I mean, if you paid 60 bucks day one, I guess you'd, you'd want it more than you were delivered on day one. But yeah, they, they've been rolling out all, all 21 of those named patches completely free. There's no DLC for it. They're, they're there. They changed so much that there was a Kickstarter about a year or two ago where they raised money to put a billboard in front of the company building that said thank you and they gave free bagels and to the employees there. <laughs> holy cow no joke yeah and, and it seems the fans love them i i'm not super familiar but there's there's been dedicated like subreddit and, and community there's multiple different wikipedias dedicated to this this game and experience um 
fans that just love this game that are um yeah i mean like like yourself who have several hundred hours into it you know but at that point when they rolled it out they said they'd be more involved and they have been much more communicative about what they're working on and i I think it was hiding by necessity because they like they they had such negative reaction to when the game came out and i think a lot of it was was unfair which we'll talk about but that maybe they oversold the game but um you know no one deserves death threats you know (laughs) um also they created a hub website for people to share their discoveries on that's like you know uh, that's by them they also very much supported workshop stuff for this game as well future updates included things like greatly expanding the aquatic biomes um expanding biomes in general adding crash sites alien bases fossilized creatures overhaul the graphics api i think a couple times uh beyond update in 2019 expanded online features we can now have up to 32 players in a in a lobby um they added the nexus to help people group up they added vr support which you talked about a little bit and i'm showing on stream right now um a lot of features to creative mode including script programming which um the way they described it on wikipedia i don't know if you've tried this at all but like people have scripted like rocket league within the game like you can join a a creative lobby and i guess like they're scripted events (laughs) um yeah that's there's actually a a nine hole golf course (laughs) each planet's a golf course or a, go- a golf hole. <laughs> they did that. There's a yeah. that's a thing from Futurama too. I don't know if they did that because you of laser it. <laughs> you shoot it into the hole and then you go to the next planet for the next. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Hey, uh, yeah, we saw the living ship, which you had in in your freighter there. They added cross-platform support and then abandoned starship, starships with procedurally generated interiors that can be alien infested and you fight through. You, you mentioned, and I think that's the same that thing was, I was comparing. Yeah. That was what I was comparing the, the raid to. Like you jump in there and kind of just jump out with your loot. The uh, origins update for from September 2020 nearly doubled the variation of flora and fauna and they added volcanoes, localized weather patterns, then no November 2020, they updated it for PS5 and Xbox Series X. And that was the mass extinction. That's what that was called? Well, what happened was to make all those new creatures, Yeah. all the creatures you previously found had to die. <laughs> oh. So every planet you went to, everything you found and recorded was, is marked as extinct. Oh, wow. They almost took out all the Diplos, which are the actual like mascot for the game. Those big <laughs> giant brontosaurs. Right, right. Those are Diplos. And... Like the main like insignia has the diplo on it, and those all went extinct <laughs> until they had to find them where they were again. That's funny. That, that's something that I've I've kind of skimmed over on my notes. So it is it's a shared universe, and you're discovering stuff. So if you discover if you see something that someone else has seen, which you know we talked about the likelihood of crossing paths, but I guess when you're discovering like flora and fauna, like you'll see things that you, do you see things that other people have discovered, like it's been discovered by so and so. Oh yeah, oh, okay. I found uh, I've been to plants where. You know, there's a guy who named all the animals fart. Because <laughs> why not? Um, yeah. There's a French guy who called every planet he found everything an egg. So it'd be like, you know, this planet fromage. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, you, you see those things. So, yeah, the, you name things. Like, you feel like you're the one discovering those things. And, yeah, and doubling the, the flora and fauna, that's... And, and, creating a mass extinction that actually does have an effect on uh, what people feel like their universe is well places that were once peaceful and, and calm and the animals were nice now had you know predatory animals on it <laughs> so in 2021 february they released update that allowed you to tame alien creatures and i did see some people like running around with pets you have your own pet as well? I have a Diplo, yes. Oh, well, the Brontosaurus, okay. <laughs> and finally, the March 2021 release, Expeditions added a new play mode that are like scenarios with fixed amounts of supplies and like you start, um, 
it sounded like to me, I compared it to like a SimCity scenario. Like you start with this pre-made area and you ha- you're given a mission. You're still in an environment of no man's sky with the planets and like you can do whatever you want to complete your, your mission. Is that about a correct assessment of how those, those go, the expeditions? Kind of, yeah. You're thrown onto a plan with everyone else with a random assortment of gear. Yeah. And they're like, here's milestones you need to complete. And it's like you keep going through them and you get more stuff. Is it a battle royale, fact, though? That's the Beach question. Head, no. So <laughs> it's, like too bad. it's too bad. Beachhead was, was the expedition to get to Normandy. Oh, really? Cool. So, you like, one of them was classify five rocks or minerals. Right. And then you, you did that. One was find ten systems that haven't been discovered by any other player. That was probably the hardest one. Oh, wow. So, do you start that at the same time as everyone else? Is it a race or how does that work? It's not a race, but you're starting at the same point where everyone else starts. Okay. So, when you load in, there's tons of little white dots around you, people moving around. Okay. Got it. All going to the same, like, go to this location. That's that's cool because I think I really like the idea of adding modes like that. In creative mode, you can obviously people can generate that kind of content as well. But I think the sandbox isn't necessarily for everyone, right? A lot of people um, need some sort of direction in a game, otherwise they're not going to enjoy it very much. So I think the idea to add add those kinds of, of missions into it to give some sort of directive is, is important for some players. I, I want to complete the main storyline, but without that, I'm not sure how much time I would spend just exploring around. It, it, it just depends on the gameplay, you know, um, how much how much I'd really enjoy. The amount of stuff they've added so far, you'll be for a while. There's yeah. I have a planet I found which has pink grass, blue sky, yeah, and has bubbles everywhere. <laughs> I saw some footage of bubbles, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, there's another place I have, which is beautiful, perfect garden world, but there's st- uh, star falls, meteorite attacks, and it oh, will cool. smash your, your base to bits. <laughs> That reminds me, like one of the, we were talking about cool experiences in this game. I I was just running through the planet. I had something had gone wrong where like I couldn't summon my ship. I needed more fuel or something. And I was running across uh, to try and get back to uh, my base or the ship that I had accidentally left on like a thousand units away or whatever their measurement system is. And then in comes a heat storm that I'm not going to survive. So, you know, just quickly dig a hole in the ground and get some shelter. And then like I I dug down and I found like a, a tunnel system that was down there with all this, this cool stuff that I had I thought like there must be scary stuff underground so I didn't think I was ready for it yet normally in these podcasts we talk quite a bit about the plot of the game and talk about the conclusion of it and stuff Uh, I'm not going to do that with this one I've heard mixed things about some people saying like the main plot doesn't live up to the hype or some people are extremely protective of it don't ruin it and that they think it's like really profound if you're someone who is it Scientology (laughs) yeah you're a Scientologist (laughs) at the end of it (laughs) god damn it I knew it (laughs) they got you (laughs) we're we're Uh, the aliens that got put in the volcano God, yeah. The ending is definitely a, a good twist. Yeah. I'm one of the ones that's like, you need to play it, but understand it. Because it gets very... If I tried to explain to you what the real plot is, you'd be confused. It gets pretty cerebral, yeah. It really does. Yeah. When you realize what everything's about and what the game really is. The meaning of the universe and everything in it. Okay. Colonization. Um, At least this one. Yeah, so I think if you get really into the game, it it sounds like it's something those people will appreciate. But if you're someone who doesn't enjoy the sandbox aspect and you just, like, go headfirst into the end of the game, the impression I get, most of those kinds of people are kind of let down by it if if they try and, you know, get the minimum hours played in the game. So, I don't know, take that with a grain of salt. There is one interview here from 2018, which is still two years after the game was released, but there's an interview with Sean Murray that I wanted to read a couple parts of just to kind of get the 
perspective of how this game was received at the time and the backlash to it. So a couple, this is a Guardian article from July 2018 called No Man's Sky Developer Sean Murray. It was as bad as things can get. So a couple paragraphs into it. It's hard to blame his hesitancy. Talking to the press is partly what led to Murray's ordeal in the first place. As a visible creative lead of No Man's Sky, the person who talked up the science fiction game and its enormous ambitions in interviews before it was released, he bore much of the ire when features promised during development were not present when the game came out. One poster on Reddit drew up a list of everything Murray had said in interviews about No Man's Sky, cross-referenced it with what was actually in the game. It was not flattering. Uh, the press didn't attack Hello Games when No Man's Sky turned out to be a different game than the one some players had expected. Most reviews noted its emptiness, but critics also praised its lonely mood, Asmovian aesthetic, and astounding technical feat of generating an entire universe of planets and systems complete with procedural flora and fauna. But unwittingly, the press gave the attackers ammunition. After a couple of weeks, disappointed players moved on, and angry ones were all that was left. Uh, Sean Murray said, the internet is really good at knowing when someone has made a mistake. It's not necessarily the best at determining the most appropriate response, but it's really good at knowing when someone has messed something up. We definitely messed up a whole bunch of communication. I've never liked talking about, uh, never liked talking to the press. I didn't enjoy it when I had to do it, and when I did it, I was naive and overexcited about my game. There are a lot of things I, uh, around launch I regret or that I would do differently. He's reluctant to relive the particulars of what happened in the weeks and months following No Man's Sky's release in August 2016. I find it really personal and I don't have advice for dealing with it, he says but it involved death threats, bomb threats sent to the studio, and harassment of people who worked at Hello Games on a frightening scale. They were in regular contact with Scotland Yard and Metropo uh, Metropolitan Police. We didn't talk about it, but it was as bad as things can get, basically, Murray said. There's a smorgasbord of things that an angry mob can do. It's a crowdsourcing thing of how bad you can make someone's life. So, yeah, just to give a, a scale of the ridiculous internet backlash that people had to this. Um, and at the very end of the article, um, they summarize it with this. Hello Games' mistake in 2016 wasn't making a bad game. It was failing to manage expectations when the hype started getting out of control. But in spending the last two years working to make it the best it can be, the studio is doing right by the people who jumped on board at the start and stuck with the game on its journey from underdog to one of the most anticipated games in the world to underdog again. It's an unprecedented development story and it put the people working on it through an immense strain. In the lead up to launch, oh my god, I would have chopped off my own arm to have more time, said Murray. We were under enormous pressure from the community and external forces. We were out of money. We were working so hard, way too hard. We've got a much better balance in our lives now. But if we hadn't released No Man Sky when we did, and I was sat down talking to you now after we delayed it for two years, we would not have a game as good as it is now. Now and then you'll see a comment thread where someone says, it's my favorite game of all time. That's fantastic. I never expected to work on something that would have people saying that about it. So yeah, that's, and that's three years ago and they've just kept supporting it. So yeah, kind of a fascinating case, rough launch and yeah, where they were even, even three years ago. So the Metacritic score for this game, which is an aggregate of critic scores from zero to a hundred. Now, like I said, a lot of them are work in progress reviews and they never post an updated review, but it seems like uh, most of the reviews on this list were their like review from launch day. So we're talking about what is the Metacritic score zero to a hundred on launch day that this game got? Any guesses? I'm going to say 50. 50 from Frank. Hunter, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Come back to me. Okay. John, what do you think? 65. 65. And so we got a 50, a 65. What do you think, Hunter? Oh, man. I'll just go low then. I'll go 40. 40. Undershooting everyone. Ah, uh, well, yeah. an expert in the game and uh, the closest to the Metacritic score. Congratulations, wow. John. It was a 61. The user score from oh, 0 to whoa. 10, on the other hand. You want to throw out some new numbers for that? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 4. I feel like a lot of people are still going to have low scores from the previous thing. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's going to hurt it. 
Uh, sure. But I feel like there's a lot of positive stuff now, so I'm going to say it's seven. Seven. Uh, well, uh, the overwhelmingly negative reviews at the beginning, um, they even good reviews now can't can't fix that, apparently, because it is a <laughs> 3.5 to this day. So, wow. Hunter, you're the closest Woo. there. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to read a few reviews here. I'll read one here. So Kotaku actually didn't give it a score, but they did publish this. What is a, what's a good Kotaku voice? Uh, I'll just use my, my snobby critic voice. <clears throat> From Kotaku, few games in recent memory have been as open to a metaphorical interpretation as No Man's Sky. Bleak though many of those interpretations may be, you are alone, voiceless and bodiless, casting about in an endless copy-paste universe. You will only find peace when you accept that you're never going to find what you're looking for. So not a favorable review, even though they didn't give it a score from Kotaku. Frank, what you got over there? From Edge Magazine, they gave it a Mm -hmm. 60 out of 10. While some poorly designed systems and mechanics... (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) I guess those extra zeros mean something. Uh, (laughs) While some poorly designed systems and mechanics chip away at your patience, uh, the feeling of flying seamlessly from space down to a peninsula you spotted from orbit never fails to enthrall. Yeah, still doesn't. Uh, Hunter, what do you got there? I've got a uh, quarter to three, gave it uh, 20 out of 100, so two out of 10. <laughs> Procedural generation is not an end. It is a means to an end, but there is no such end in No Man's Sky. It's endless randomness for the sake of endless randomness. It does what it does because it can, <laughs> not because it should. I would describe it as a procedural generation in search of a game. But it's worse than that. It has found its game, and the game is hollow and awful. <laughs> Harsh, but exacting. I think that's a yeah. good explanation of like what a, it's, it's a game... It's pretty spot on, yeah. yeah. A game that's just a procedural generation system without like a ton of upgradability. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, but... I think at least now it seems like there's such variety that I'm interested in seeing different like generations, at least for a little while. I'm in one for John there. PC Gamer gave it a 64 out of 100. Relaxing exploration and some lovely scenery coupled with the repetitive systems, frustrating menus and a lack of real discovery. Yeah, there you go. All right, so yeah, we've, we've heard from some of the snobby critics, but what about the explorers, the players? Well, this is a unique situation because of this. And Steam has this very helpful thing where they added in their customer review section to show the graph. So we're showing the graph now. You can see all the way over here at the left-hand side when the game was released, there is a tower of blue recommended, and underneath that, a stalactite. Which one's which one hangs upside down? Stalactite because it's on the ceiling. Stalagmite. Mite. So there's a uh, stalactite of, of blue recommended and stalagmite of uh, red not recommended. It's a um, little more negative than positive. But then when you look down the list. Um, overwhelmingly positive, like barely on any other not, not recommendeds on there. Despite that, the overall reviews for this game are still mixed with 68% of the players recommending it. It's just hard to overcome that when you have such a negative reaction at the beginning. They had 24,000 negative reviews on pretty much on launch day. That was in the first month or on August 1st. Yeah. If you look at the recent reviews over here, though, I mean, it's 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 nothing but blue. Um, so changing story of this game. We're going we're to read a mixed bag. Some of them, the beginning ones here came from launch day and then some of the later ones came from uh, more recent updates for the game, so just keep that in mind. Frank, I'm going to send you one first because I, I want to. I want you to. He- I want you to read this user's name. This is Force Poop on Steam, and they say mm-hmm. <laughs> a mile wide but an inch deep. I cannot express it better. Not recommended. 
like there's so much and yet there's not too much depth to it it's that's that's good at least that's how it was <laughs> hunter what you got over there kestrel 65 on steam says i played this for many hours thinking that i would eventually get to actual gameplay behind the endless grind of upgrading slots in your inventory the farther in i went the more it became apparent that there was no game here what the developers have created is an excellent platform to build a game in they just never got that far yeah wooting rizza says if you're expecting a skyrim mmo in space you won't like this game and likely will conclude it's not worth the hype if you want to role play and explore stuck in the vastness of space to see nearly infinitely procedurally generated worlds you'll think this is the best game ever made I took off work and played 17 hours a day the game launched. Which camp do you think I'm in? There you go. This is this is the current review. From Prophet, he says, 2021, the year people refund Cyberpunk to buy No Man's Sky. Recommended. <laughs> um, which is close to what you did, Hunter, right? You got it this year. <laughs> and you refunded Cyberpunk. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I did refund Cyberpunk. Yeah, maybe in another five years we can be buying Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. What will I be refunding to buy Cyberpunk? Yeah, it's a chain. Maybe Most tickets to the Spy Hunter movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about our scores? It's time we gave this game a score it deserves, maybe, using our Garbage Valley score system. Our scoring system here is a little unique. Anyone can rate a game on a 0 to 10 scale, but that leaves little appreciation for things that are so so terrible they're enjoyable so as normally you've got your masterpieces that are tens then mediocre games that should get four or fives as games uh, get worse they get closer to zero but we keep going all the way past zero to negative ten once it gets into the negatives it's reflecting that it's more enjoyable because it's so bad negative ten gives you just as much enjoyment as a positive ten but for all the wrong reasons and a zero is an absolute waste of your time it's in the garbage valley uh, you can't enjoy it because it's not bad enough so where would you place this on the scale? Is it a good game or a bad game? I think I already know the answer to that. Um, is it positive or negative? And what value of enjoyment does it get? I mean, I would give it like a 7.5. Okay. It's a really fun game to play, but it's good in small spurts. Right. So you keep coming back to it when they do to updates to it? I keep coming back to it every at least once a month. Oh, wow. Cool. You know, you, you get bored playing your other games and you're like, man, I just want to lazily blast through space and look at new things. Right. Right. And then you'll spend the next week and a half just going from planet to planet, building a base here. Yeah. Or doing missions with friends over there or doing an expedition. Right. Uh, they're usually 10 hours long. Oh, wow. And then you go back to something else. Cool. Yeah, I can see how... I mean, you can you can play this game lots of different ways, um, and you listed a few of them there, but you could play this game in a very casual way, too. You could never interact with anyone else if you didn't want to. You could just kind of build your own base on a planet and just mine and explore that single planet if you wanted to. You could get, you know... That was most of my gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make multiplayer until, like, oh, that's true. 2019. Right, right. And before then, multiplayer, you didn't want to meet other people in space because <laughs> there was a fight. Right, yeah, and you, you could lean into that. Like you said, you, you outfitted most of your stuff to be resistant against the, against the PvP. So, yeah, you could you could suit yourself up to just do PvP if you wanted to. So there's lots of different ways to play the game now, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hunter, what, do, what are you thinking about this game? It's. I feel like it's hard to give this game a score, and I'm not saying that because of how much different it is from when it started to when it came out, but right. because of the way that I play games like this, like, you know, just like your Stardew Valleys, your yeah. Animal Crossings, your just it these can games be a casual like game, yeah. wide open yeah. array, do what you want. And like, I, I play them in a similar way to John where like, 
I'll hop in and I'll be into the game for like two weeks straight and just nonstop every day. Just like, yeah, let's, I want to build up this. I want to work towards something. Like when you asked me to pre-play this, I was like, all right, I, I'm going to try to figure out something to do. So John and I got on and we're just making our way towards trying to get a carrier because I was like, that's the coolest thing right. I've seen. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to take us a couple weeks. And <laughs> immediately, immediately was just like, eh, I'm going to go play Rise. <laughs> you know, we I, I, we did about, what, about four hours yesterday just so I could get the hang of it again. Yeah. And it was a little stumbling at the beginning, but I, like, got back on my feet, remembered where I was, got everything working again, but still just like... It's a commitment. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I can't find myself playing games with that kind of a commitment anymore. <laughs> well, except you're, Monster you're, Hunter Rise. <laughs> but it, it doesn't feel like that kind of commitment, you know what I mean? Well, because you're already like, invested. I, the reason I, I play Monster Hunter Rise the way I do, though, is because it's a 50-minute tops commitment at any given time. Oh, okay. Because it's the maximum amount of time for a quest. Okay. Like I can, you know, and I can say, like, oh, I want to build this set, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. Yeah. And it may take a couple hunts, but that's, like, a day or two. Sure. Whereas, like, you know... We were working on trying to get that living ship, and I was just like, all right, I got the seed, now what? Okay, now you need to get the right hyperdrive upgrade. And I'm like, oh, I have to I have to upgrade my hyperdrive three times. Right. All right, what do I need for the first one? I don't even have that. Yeah, there's all a right, grind. <laughs> I just, it's a big grind, and it's a lot of time. When I'm actually playing the game, right. I can't get myself to play them Mm-hmm. with any kind of consistency. Sure. And yeah, I think the game has the potential. I mean, you, you can play it as you want to, too. If, you, if you're going after a mission like that and you know how far away that actually is, that, that, that can be a big daunting thing. But at the same time, you can jump in and be like, if you really enjoy it, just exploring the planet. Like we were like, um, John was saying that that's what the game was for the first few years. Like, I mean, that's that's the gameplay. I mean, you can, yeah, you can take that at your own pace. It's not like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely potential there for lots of different play styles. So what do you think? Can you Can you give it a score? I could. <laughs> Do I want to? Mm. Um, we, I think we all know that it's going to get positive scores. Oh, yeah. It's I didn't expect anyone to go negative. Yeah. Like <laughs> in the game. But just to be that guy. Nah, <laughs> five to six. I'm, I'm almost leaning towards five. All right. Because, like, I think it's a good game. I just like it's not for everyone. I don't think it's a good game for me. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't rate it for someone else. So yeah, we'll go five. All right, Frank, what do you think? I'm, I'm gonna can give I it. You? I don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Uh, if you did, I'm gonna re-answer. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like different yeah. number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this time I'm feeling it. I'm gonna say an eight. It's, it's an eight. Okay. Yeah. I. I. Nice you know what? Eight. The more I'm playing it, the more I'm like. I could just keep playing this thing. Like it this, has a feel this is gonna of be like dangerous. civilization of yeah. like, I'm just going to do one more thing. You yeah, know? exactly. And, uh, yeah, I can see myself getting sucked into it for a while. I played later than I planned to both both nights, and I was excited to get back into it. Yeah. This is going to be dangerous. <laughs> I'm just, just going to say that. <laughs> I thought Fortnite yeah. was bad for me. Like, like between those two games, it's like, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> Exa- exactly, Rebel Lady. Just one more mining drill. That's all I need. And then I'm good. <laughs> and, then I'm, and then, you know what? Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about it a couple times, but it is, games can pad out content by making them too grindy, and I don't, I can't really speak to that too much, but 
Yeah, like I said, when I realized that like one upgrade slot on the ship was a million and I worked so hard to get a million, obviously I wasn't doing the best strategy to gain money and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I can see and what you just said about how long it takes to get a carrier. But if a carrier is like the, the top end ship in the game, I guess it should take a few weeks at least, right? Oh, no, it takes it takes a couple of weeks to find a good carrier. You can okay. find any, uh, any carrier within like a couple of minutes. Yeah. But finding one that's like A rank or S rank is the one you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rebel Lady in chat says, well, just one more mining drill. One more mining drill turns into a few more solar panels. A few more solar panels turns into a few more drills. Yeah, it's, you, yeah there's no good stopping point. It's like a game of civilization, you know? Oh, John, are, are you playing one of those scripted inside uh, No Man's Sky? You're talking about scripted games. This looks like... Almost like Ghost of Tsushima, John. No, no, this is just a mod of No Man's Sky. Oh, it's a, it's a mod, okay. It looks okay. like you, you stopped playing No Man's Sky altogether. Well, he's already stopped playing, even though he gave us such a high score. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give the game a, uh, a nine for me. I The genre of the main game, like the one they launched with, at least is not a game style for everyone, and I don't really enjoy like pure sandbox games that much especially when they have like construction aspects which the first patch you know it, it added those in As i'd probably be like the one focusing on the main objective more than upgrades and exploring i don't i don't just beeline i'd like to see like i like to understand the system that they have but i'd, I'd probably be more focused on the objective so i probably wouldn't have enjoyed it that much that being said i, I respect the hell of what they've done with the game and the modes that they've added the campaign scenario or expeditions uh, adventures that is like the perfect fit for someone like me i think i'm really excited to try those out and uh i know i've barely even dipped my toe in with 11 hours played i feel like i'm just barely scratching the surface of this giant world that they've created and that's like a great feeling when you when you're learning about this world that seems really enjoyable so yeah uh i i'm i'm learning the alien languages i'm upgrading modules i like the structure that there is like stuff for you to do in this sandbox the different play styles that it that it kind of um supports like i've i found this mod that increases the money you get for discovering stuff by like a thousand percent and i feel like that's amazing so i'm just going to planets and like just scoping everything out and getting lots of money on it like i feel i can get rich that way probably can't but like i'm enjoying playing the game that way yeah or i could do missions in the the space station that's well one of the things you have to do is you have to build your repertoire with the the guilds in the game. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're even giving me uh, quests yet because I don't think my my reputation with them is high enough yet. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still running around talking to people and, and figuring out where the the different. Um yeah, vendors are where they even get missions from. Even the aspect of realizing like, oh, if I mine these pearls, these are worth so much more than what I was collecting before. I am just swimming in money now that, that I understand how like this, like these different levels of valuables are. And uh, I like under, I like that part of understanding the game. So I'm going to keep playing it for a little while and at least. And uh, uh, like I said, the VR aspect of this game was kind of mind blowing and I'm excited to like build out a real base and, and try that out in VR. Yeah, obviously this is a very different game for GGN. It's, it's rare for me excited to be back to actually go to something but yeah i want to see what what that stuff look, looks like when you have a big base get a pet an exocraft what that looks like I in would vr like you to see the do you guys play the fast and the furious game uh the new one or the the old one either <laughs> there's a new one that came out i haven't looked into anything about it i just heard there's another one yeah, and i'm like it, oh it, no yeah it's horrifying. Horrifying. here we go just again yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. do it one day uh, just looking at vin diesel's face <laughs> yeah and that way even in the new game was 
you know, <laughs> something you got to see at least once. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe we got to do it. We'll see. I haven't seen the reviews for it, but. They're not good. No, they're perfect. for. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's but, a great yes. game for us. Yeah. Yeah. Rebel Lady and Chess is really surprised they didn't take their money and run. And yeah, I think that's, that's why I really wanted to do this game for the podcast. Like I kept hearing how this game was like a cyberpunk back in 2016, where it was just lambasted. And we've done Daikatana as well, which had a huge amount of hype and let a lot of people down that never you know wasn't patched or anything being a game that was although you community patched it and turned into a much better game um i, I still don't think a good game but I, I love seeing that the developer um like we always talk about what could they have done differently for this game and uh they actually got to do it and their fan base stuck by them which is so cool so yeah that's that's no man's sky and i'm looking at my score sheet here and i think it's very appropriate that our our expert here our special guest john uh, i will give you your very own knowledge stone wow. here i'll find a way to get it to it to hunter to, to you yeah so congratulations john way to go would you like to thank you would you yeah. like to say a few words thank god or uh, <laughs> feel god in this no man's sky <laughs> tonight I'd like to thank atlas <laughs> for you know getting me to this point yeah thank the anomaly <laughs> thank you craw milk for giving me this <laughs> yeah have a, have a good glass of craw milk yeah enjoy your you craw milk tonight what if this game ended up like a Reddit thread where everybody just named every planet the exact same thing? Like they got together, you know, somebody's flying around and say, oh, this guy it's named this Dave. planet Dave, like you're talking about. So there's and then actually, everybody just started doing that. There's a Reddit down. group yeah, who came together in this Always game, was. And they call themselves the Flood. Yeah. And they go around attacking people's bases and like turning it into to mush. Huh. And it's, yeah, that's a real thing going on because there's a glitch where you can put a base computer next to another one person's base. Oh, and to like and take it over? Re- mm-hmm, and rebuild it. And so they're like calling it the flood <laughs> or some kind of like zombie thing. Oh, that's cool. And it's all just a bunch of writers getting together doing it. <laughs> uh, Rebel Lady says, I named one of my planets Newer Mexico. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> take that, New Mexico. Yeah. Uppity New Mexico. Clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. copyright fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Garbage Game Night makes no claims to ownership over any games played and has no affiliation with any developer or publishing company. For additional references on cited articles and quotes, check our episode-related blog at garbagegamenight.com. Or if you have a comment about the game we reviewed or have a suggestion, drop us a line.